0: Hello and welcome to episode 214 of the Quickie Podcast. I'm your host, Dave Hopkins, and today's episode is called The Trainwreck with Tad Carpenter. Okay, I can't do this. I can't do this anymore. Hang on here. Okay, okay. That's a little bit better. Welcome to episode 214, everybody. I am your host, Dave Hopkins, and uh, this episode literally is called Trainwreck with Tad Carpenter. Now, this is the The official interview portion of this episode, but there is about 40 minutes of pre-game chatter that uh, I think I'm going to throw in, maybe on like a Saturday bonus or something like that, just because it was highly entertaining and great conversation. Anyways, during this interview portion of this episode, Tad and I talk about working with a good mix of clients, diversification, baby. We also talk about his early days and his creative family, very creative family. We also talk about the struggle that he faced going out on his own and the first call he got with his first client. We also talk about the design graveyard and uh, the Boulevard Brewing Museum project that he is super proud to have been a part of. Chad is a fantastic guy and I loved chatting with him, hence the pregame and the long episode here. So let's get to it, ladies and gentlemen. Cue the real music this time. <laughs> Welcome to the Quickie Podcast, the daily interview show where we talk to graphic designers about their journey to the creative field, and we do it in 30 minutes or less. So, are you ready for a Quickie? All right, Tad. Well, welcome to the Quickie Podcast, man. I feel like we're already acquainted here, but uh, let's get your sort of uh, elevator pitch. What's your brief intro here? Tell the listeners about yourself.
1: Yeah, no, uh, my name is Tad Carpenter. I am a graphic designer and illustrator um, based in Kansas City, Missouri, down here in the States. And um, yeah, I run a branding studio called Carpenter Collective. I run that with my wife, Jessica Carpenter. Um, we run the shop and um, we're a small kind of boutique branding studio. We uh, have a couple of designers that work with us and um, we focus on a very wide range of types of projects. So um, the backbone of everything we do is building brand identities for various types of businesses. Um, for whatever reason, I feel like we do a ton in the food and beverage industry i feel like we we do a lot in that world so whether that's restaurants breweries coffee um you know i feel like we do a a really fair amount of that but then we do we we do all kinds of different brand identities Um, but then we also do lots of illustration Um, we do uh, national campaigns for people like macy's and target and coca-cola and stuff like that um and yeah that's kind of the, the i guess the you know the, the quick elevator pitch and yeah. we're probably on floor three by now. So here yeah, we go. Yes, so
0: we were talking diversification of sort yep. of your your offerings, your portfolio earlier on. And um it sounds like that's exactly what you've got cooking there. You've got a good mix of, you know, large corporate stuff with, you know, little local stuff, with some packaging stuff, with some yeah. online stuff.
1: Yep, absolutely. And it's 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 I mean Uh, I get I'd like to sit here and say it's by design and I think to a degree it probably is but it kind of happened that way and Mm. and uh, I just love being able to make a very diverse type of work you know and and I like to be able to hop around I, I think I would be an incredibly poor in house designer um because i would constantly be like okay i know we set some brand standards last week but i got an idea you know what i mean (laughs) like i would i would be the worst i would be the absolute worst because i love the experimentation of things and i love that you know we're just you know poor timing on my part we're getting ready to kick off three different branding projects (laughs) here in the next like week and a half and
0: um yeah, Sadly, they're all – no, I did not – know You didn't like, see a global pandemic coming? <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> and, and somehow some of these clients don't give a shit. And so it's like um, – and it's, it's like we're like, okay, well, these are all going to be kind of going down the road at the same time. But it's like kind of fun because it's like, okay, this one is a restaurant for this. And, okay, this concept is a – this really new thing that we've never done before and it's a whole packaging system. And then this other one is for a big client. And it's so cool because it's all so different. And and me and my team are all working on it collaboratively together. And, um, it's fun that it's just this very kind of diverse first group. And, and for us, we love working for, um, you know, some of the larger Macy's is a good example. I've I've been doing work with Macy's for over 10 years. Um, we, we branded their, um, we created the, the visual identity for their Thanksgiving day parade in addition to their national holiday campaign, Um, We do gift cards for them. We do all kinds of stuff. And we have a great relationship with Macy's. And I I hope it can continue. You know, I mean, retail is not going to be what it ever used to be. So Mm -hmm. uh, um, I think that's a big question mark. But um, it is like for us, the the real kind of backbone of our studio is creating brand identities for mom and paws in some way, you know, for lack of a better term. Uh, I think those are the projects that we we, we have a lot of fun with them. And um, whether that's a, you know, a restaurant or a bar or a a brewery or, Mm -hmm. you know, we we did, you know, some tortilla packaging for a husband and wife tortilla manufacturer recently. And, um, you know, I I think those are just so much fun because it is so, and you can see it, it is so vastly important to those people because, yes, it's their job. But for most of them, it is way more than their profession. It is something they've been dreaming about for a very long time. And yes. to get the opportunity to be the person that, you know, puts a face to this idea for them and collaterally builds this thing with them is um, a pretty big honor and and pretty damn fun to do together.
0: It's super rewarding when you see their reaction of that.
1: Oh, man. Oh, man. Huge. Huge.
0: So I want to kick this back in time a little bit here for you um, you know, little tad running around in the backyard. Um, I want to know what your childhood was like and do you feel that you had a creative childhood that pointed you in this career path?
1: Very, very much so. I, I, probably different than a lot of people. Um, I knew my entire life that I wanted to be creative and I knew I wanted to be an artist. Um, I, I was very lucky to grow up, um, the son of a creative director <clears throat> And an illustrator, and um, my my father Steve Carpenter. Uh, he was a illustrator, writer, designer, and eventually creative director for um, Hallmark greeting cards. No, way. and so yeah, he was there for almost forty two years at the same company. And so um, he started in 1975 and um, he started as kind of an illustrator and jack of all trades. He worked in their humor department and um, illustrated cards and wrote – he he did – he's a very good writer. He did a lot of writing and then he also worked with some of the most amazing artists in the world there at Hallmark. But he was, when he was working in their humor department, was given the license to go out and hire people. And my dad, as a guy in the 1970s and growing up in the 50s and the 60s, He loved things like like Mad Magazine, for example. Right. So my dad, I think all of us learned a lot from probably Mad Magazine in some way and definitely his generation. And so my dad would hire all of the famous cartoonists from Mad Magazine to do Hallmark greeting cards with him. And I remember he would bring them home to show me and uh, we became friends with people like Al Jaffe And then, um, Paul Coker is a very dear friend and, um, I have original works from both of them. Um, and I remember on my 10th birthday, like my dad got a drawing from Paul Coker, who's one of the original Mad Magazine artists. And, uh, Paul Coker did me an Alfred E. Newman, um, happy 10th birthday tag, and this dog pissing on Alfred E. Newman's leg, you know, and like, uh, I still have that. Like I'll never give that away. And so my dad very much, um, uh, understood the value of being creative and what that meant moving forward. So he always, he always encouraged it. Um, he did at times, I think kind of shy me away because he knew how competitive and hard of an industry it is. And if you want to make it in this industry, mm-hmm. that, I mean, talent is not enough. Uh, you have to be willing to outwork people and work twice as hard mm-hmm. as you think you need to, because everyone's talented. Literally you get the point. Everybody's amazing. Like everybody's is So, so good. And um, I feel like that's all I really got going for me. I think I'm a very average artist that uh, has a has a pretty big engine. And uh, I'm just I'm just chugging, you know And, uh, and so um, yeah, so when I was, I was a kid, I was a, I literally grew up in Hallmark greeting cards. Uh, every babysitter I ever had was a stylist or a photographer or an illustrator or, or you know whatever. And uh, I just thought that was the coolest thing. I thought everybody was creative. I thought that's what everyone did was, 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 was do that. And um, I always tell I've told the story many times that when I was in third grade, I entered a contest um, for the Kansas City Chiefs, my my favorite football team. Yeah. Um, you might have heard of them. They won the Super Bowl this year. Thank you very much. We have the uh, literally the greatest football player on the planet lives, you know, like ten <laughs> blocks from my house. And um, <clears throat> and so you uh, just like
0: slowly walk past now and then.
1: Yeah, I, like like to a point where I think I'm gonna have a restraining order. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I actually I I don't know which house it is, but he did move just like. Uh, you know, like a mile or a half. He's in know. the vicinity. He's in the vicinity. And I think about it all the
0: time. I'm like, man,
1: it'd be cool if we became best friends. You know what I mean? <laughs>
0: like you know? Um but you know, uh, you're both under self isolation, you're both out walking the dog. You know, that's like a perfect meet cute there, Tad. Dude, do you need. Hey, do you need somebody to throw the ball to? You gotta keep that arm. You <laughs> yeah, keep that. You oh, you don't want to get that shoulder tightened. <laughs> no, man. No,
1: you don't. No, you don't. You Can't go into the stadium. It's way too many people there. Um, uh, but when I was in third grade, the, uh, this was in the early '90s. Uh, the Chiefs were awful. Like they were, they were horrible. This is right when Marty Schottenheimer got there, so before they they really took off and. Uh, Uh, they literally had a contest asking children to draw the season tickets, and they were giving away season tickets to children. (laughs) Just saying, literally, will someone please come to a game? (laughs) If, If a child will draw a season ticket, we'll give you a ticket, we'll give you season tickets. So anyway, it was a contest, and I entered this in third grade, and I won. And my artwork was on the season tickets, and I think it was 91, 92, something like that. Uh, I literally keep it on my desk. It's always on my desk. It was, uh, yeah, 91. There you go. Do you memento. have there?
0: That's your ticket? Yeah,
1: there it is right there. Yeah,
0: buddy. <laughs> yeah, man.
1: And, uh, and uh, yeah, I keep it here as a memento. I always think about it. And, uh, anyway, I won. I remember that feeling. Like I remember being in third grade and finding out that I won this contest for drawing something and then saying, hey, you get free season tickets. You get, to, you get to obviously go to the whole – every game this season, you and your dad. And uh, you can come down to the 50-yard line. We're going to honor you at the halftime of the game. You get to go in the locker room at, at that game. And then we're going to send a Chiefs player to your school for an assembly. Um, and he showed up in a red Ferrari, drove me around. What? and then you know, And then I remember at the end of this assembly, um, I was in third grade. A fifth-grade girl asked me to be her boyfriend. Yay. and. I, I just like I can literally pinpoint the day, the hour, the second that I was like, I'm gonna be an artist. Like I'm gonna be an art. Like this is life right this here. Is this is art is really like
0: Ferraris, sick. older women.
1: <laughs> yes,
0: exactly. I can make you things
1: and you will give me things and I can get older women. Yeah, exactly. Like that's it right there. So um my childhood was very creative. I feel like it was, and and, and being being around Hallmark and um getting opportunities like that that yeah. um now I, I don't think I ever knew I wanted to do graphic design until I got closer into college really mm-hmm. like I I went down all kinds of like I, I kind of wanted to be a painter I wanted to be uh um you know painting kind of led me to graphic design and then I saw illustration was kind of a mix of both and like I was like oh okay I start to see where this is this is going. Um, so yeah, I was, I was very fortunate in regards to my kind of, kind of early, early childhood for sure. So it was
0: always the creative direction. It was just a matter of which category you were going to establish yourself in.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think I didn't know, um, didn't know what, what to do, you know? And I was like, Oh, I, and I think, I think it's a healthy thing for, especially if you're talking about a freshman in college, Mm -hmm. uh, I think it's healthy to not go in with answers. Sure. I think you should go in with a very open mind and say, you know what, my freshman year, I'm going to take, you know, this pre, you know, this this kind of early on class and this early on class because, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I like graphic design, but what if I fall in love with architecture or what if I fall in love with industrial design or you know X Y Z? And I think I think that's important for young students because so often and I taught for ten years and so often I would have students that like. They they would literally in their mind have their career planned out already. And I'm like, let's pump the brakes. You know what I mean? You like, don't even know. You don't even like we haven't you haven't even designed anything yet, you know? Like like let's see if you even like this. This isn't just like yeah, you know, it's not just like making cool posters all day, man. Like there's yeah, there's, there's a lot to this. So um so yeah, I think I think I think it took me took me a little bit to get into it and then I really thought <laughs> Graphic design
0: definitely is there one particular design or illustration or piece of art that you saw during that sort of influential period trying to find your way in this creative field that you saw and has just stuck with you since like maybe the most influential design you've seen
1: yikes um one design is very hard i would say i would say this i think again growing up i very much was able to um be influenced by a lot of things because of my father and 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 a lot of his influences very quickly became my influences so my dad is a byproduct of the 1950s and so um, very much um, that kind of mid-century illustration movement and mid-century graphic design heroes that were my dad's you know um, Mary Blair and Bataglia and the Provinces and um, uh, those kinds types of people Dick Bruna those people very much sort of influence how i use color and shape and, and start to make things um, uh, for me uh, i'm am I'm an enormous i i love alexander girard he's he's probably my favorite designer and it has a lot of reasons i think i think he was another great example of a designer that was that diversified in his work from brand identities to, you know, brochures to, um, you know, um, fabric to, you know, all kinds of stuff. I really love it when I see designers really branch out and, and not just stick in in one lane. Um, I think sometimes we feel like we have to stick in one lane, but I think that's ridiculous. I think, I think we should, we should really try to open it up and, and make all kinds of shit. And, um, I think that, that was a guy that did a really, really good job at that. Um, but those people all, again, and those were all things that my dad started to kind of share with me. Um, I think a lot of dad, I, I don't know, I'm, 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 I'm generalizing here, but I think a lot of dads and sons, you know, do shit like work on cars and like, you know, do dad, son, stuff like that. Like my dad and I sat around and and drew together and read comics together and mm-hmm. like you know um it was very um draw creative in that way you know we also had like dad's son i mean like my i played football my whole young life and my dad played football we, we had we had dad's son like so threw We threw around the old
0: pigskin there you go
1: man you know <laughs> uh, it's like a goddamn john cougar melon camp song in here you know yeah uh, <laughs> Uh, But yeah, absolutely. You know, but um, I was so lucky to be introduced to all these, all these types of people that still to this day are very much kind of the way I, I think about, about this practice. Mm -hmm. And, um, and yeah, those are the ones that stand out to me. And it's like, as far as like one piece of art or something, I think it's really hard to pinpoint, oh, you know, Guernica oh boy, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, but, but the, I would say some of those people I mentioned, I think were very early influences that really were like, oh, I see what they're doing here. Wow. That's incredible. You know? Yeah, um, some of the yeah. connections there.
0: Okay. So you think this has been tough so far, but we're just going to go through a little bit of a challenging section here. Um, um the next few questions, are sort of based around the lessons you've learned and mistakes you've made in your career so far. I want to pull those stories out for the listeners and then we'll turn things around. We'll finish up in a happy place. So Tad, what has been the most challenging period of time in your design career so far? Why was that period of time challenging and how did you get through it?
1: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Um, the, let's think what it would be. There's, I would say, uh, Right now, working from home with a seven-month-old. Yikes! Um, uh, how I got through it, I don't know if I'm going to. Um, no, um, uh, I think there's lots of challenging um, divots in, my, in, in that I've gone through in my career. Whether that's little client interactions, whether that's you know um, uh, something I tell young designers when they get out of school is. Uh, I highly recommend you go work for someone mm-hmm. first uh, all the time. And I'm sure you hear this is I, I always have young designers be like, no nah, man, I'm going freelance right off the bat. I'm going, I'm starting my own studio with my, with my boy. We're going to do, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, awesome, man. I think you will do that one day. I think you probably could do that now, but I think it's so valuable to go work for someone At least three years. I mean, three years is nothing. If you can make it five, even better. But because literally you're going to be getting paid to just learn for a few years. And you know nothing about what we were talking about earlier, print production, setting up files properly. I mean, hell, not to mention... Um, you know, legal issues, writing proposals, you know, all these other, other things that you can actually start to kind of, kind of absorb around someone. And, yeah. and from a challenging standpoint, when I did that. I went, I went and worked for a small branding studio that I very much loved. Um, and I worked there for, I interned there and then I worked there for about, about four to five years in that yeah. neighborhood. And I'm very thankful to have been there. And, um, but the, the last year or two was a challenge. I, I, I think, um, I think I knew I was ready to start my own studio, mm-hmm. and I think it was this kind of back and forth of um, my heart not be fully, my heart not being fully where I was, and me not being sure how to kind of get this thing going. And um, I think I stayed probably a little too long, which I'm thankful for. I'd rather stay too long than leave too soon and fail and yeah. then not not be able to. So I stayed, you know, that extra fifth year. I think. And I think that was a very challenging time for a lot of a lot of reasons. Um, but in the end, it worked out. I, I started on my own. I started on my own with not a single freaking client. Um, I didn't I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And um, I can remember having a couple really low low days of being like, holy sh- shit, how am I gonna how am I gonna do this? Like, how do I, I don't know how you get clients. I don't know how I retain clients. I don't know how I retain work. And I can remember being just like, okay, it's eight in the morning. I'm starting to work. I don't know what I'm working on. I think I'm just going to draw some stuff and maybe, maybe start working on this. And like, I don't know how, how long I can sustain this. And I remember this, this, was, this was the first day I had like officially like gone out on my own. It was like day one. And I'm like, I got no prospects at work. I got no income coming in um, I sure I definitely didn't have insurance. Like I was like, what is going (laughs) on? You know, I'm like, what is happening? And I remember I'm sitting at my desk, just terrified. And my phone rang and, um, it was Chronicle books out in San Francisco. And they had seen some little thing I had done. And, um, they said, Hey, we'd love to talk to you. Would you, would you be open or even interested in illustrating a book with us? And I was like, Oh um, yeah! Can I put you on hold? I want to try to pull up my calendar and kind of take some look at things, and like (laughs) literally just like peed my pants in excitement. You know what I mean? Did like a little
0: on hold happy dance. A hundred percent. Like, do I have time? Are you kidding me? Um, You know. Have you seen Night at the Roxbury? I have, absolutely. You know, you just reminded me of that scene where they're trying to like, hey, do you want to go clubbing? Like, what about Tuesday night? And he unwraps the planner and he flips open. Yep, looks like I'm free. <laughs> <laughs> looks like I'm free. Exactly. Oh, that's a great.
1: Man, talk about an a underrated Will Ferrell movie. You know what 100%, 100%. I mean? 100%. So under, Like, I mean, I guess when you're you're hitting home run after home run after home run, you forget about a couple in there. But that movie, I haven't watched it in years. I don't know how it's aged, but like, it is so. I mean, man, that, that movie was fantastic. Yeah, hundred percent. So, so good. Man. Can we? You should just have a podcast about Will Ferrell. Maybe, maybe that's what dude, we do. Dude, that would talking. be my
0: favorite podcast ever. I am a massive Will Ferrell fan and dude. can basically recite all of the first Anchorman, like scene by scene. Why have you not started this? Cool, because Ron Burgundy has his own podcast. Uh,
1: well, no, you should just create a Will Ferrell like fan cast. Where you like, hey, we are literally going to go through and dissect every Will Ferrell Will Ferrell
0: <laughs> film. Here we go. We're going to start with I don't know what was his. What was the first movie he did? Scene like, by scene, we'll just be talking. Yeah, talking seriously. live and that that would be really
1: funny. I, I I think I would very much subscribe to this passion
0: project. Um, uh, <laughs> seriously, man,
1: um, I would I would very much much uh, get into this. Um, but but yeah, I know we we have a buddy who has a oh god, what is that movie? No, I'm gonna brutal. I'm, I'm not gonna remember what it is. What was the space movie that starred Tim Allen in like the late nineties? It's like Galaxy Quest. Is that what it's called?
0: It's not, no, Do you it's, remember okay. Galaxy Quest? Is that what it's called? Oh God! Listeners have all turned off. No this, isn't, turned off. no. this is Check important. It. They want very, <laughs> they, they are now on the edge of their seat. I, I'm sorry if you can see me googling this, but I to oh, I'm doing stuff. the same thing. Yeah. Okay, there is a '99 movie called Galaxy Quest. That's one. Well, that's what, dude. God, where did that come from? I mean, anyway, point being, I have two buddies that they
1: started a Galaxy Quest podcast. What? Literally entire podcast is just them dissecting the film galaxy quest scene after scene Tim episode Alan after
0: Sigourney never never heard of
1: it oh dude you might you might want to throw it in the queue it's a wonderful
0: horrible movie yeah i love it i love it already yeah. i'm hooked yeah um it's, it's so good anyway we were talking <laughs> so you about get oh, this you get this phone call you're yeah, doing the up, happy dance call. you see that
1: tangents i'm going to take us on this is horrible yeah, um, i wrote it with
0: you yeah
1: <laughs> He's like, I wrote it with you. It was awful. Um, it was like a tsunami. Um, yeah, we um, – I got that call and it's like it's one of those moments in your career that I like sit back and I remember thinking, hey, this is going to work out. This is going to be okay. You know, like day one, I was – I didn't know what I was doing and then this happened. And, and I just remember that the, the months leading up to that day were really tough, like really just – I did. I I was very unsure of myself. I was very unsure if I was making the right decision. Mm -hmm. I definitely didn't have any money. I didn't have, you know, and um, and it worked out. And um, I'm very thankful for it. And then uh, as far as like bad moments, there's so many bad moments that just are going to happen over the course of your career. You know, Um, the the analogy I always think of when graphic design is, uh, I think of baseball and like literally. If you are a 300 hitter in baseball, that is literally if you hit less than one third of the, the pitches being thrown to you, you are a Hall of Famer. So like an average player is hitting like two out of ten. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I think about it. I'm like we design, I mean we design all day, every day, all the time, and not every one of them is going to be out of the park. And that's okay, man. There's going to be some that maybe they only need to be a single. Maybe it doesn't they only mean need. you're
0: garbage and you should get out.
1: Exactly. I think I think in in cancel culture and and get you know instant like oh my gosh, let's review this new logo. Let's review this new campaign. Oh, it's crap. It's garbage. It's whatever. In this in this world we're in of instant, everybody trying to have input about these things. Um, I, I, I think I think it can really mess some people up, man. I think, and I, I, I could be one included. Like it, it can really get into your head, and you have to constantly remind yourself that this is it's all garbage, man. Like you can't listen to that crap, and you know, it's it's. I always think about a brand. You never know if a brand's successful. Until like 10 years down the road, you know, uh, it, it takes so many years for a brand to build momentum, even though if it was successful or had value in those decisions. And uh, it's so it just makes me laugh when I see people reviewing these brands the day they're released when you're like, you don't even know what the brief was, what the strategy was, where we're going, let alone how the how the public's going to actually embrace it or not. So,
0: yeah, time will tell, right? There you go. Okay, so you're going to love this next question then. Oh, shit. Um, <laughs> so now, Ted, I want you to take us to a specific design or a specific project you were a part of that did not go well or bring the desired result. What was that like? How did that feel? Can you take us to that boardroom travesty?
1: Oh, yeah, I can. I'm trying to think which one I should talk about. Uh, <laughs> which of the total kick in the crotch should I divulge? No. Um, all right. Here's one little thing story. I'm trying to think if there's any value to it. Um, we recently did a rebrand. This is only like a year ago or so. I don't think we've ever shared this one yet. Yeah.
0: Um, you can keep the customer quiet if you don't want to share that.
1: Okay. The client is, and you should all boycott them. It's It was strange. It was actually a client that um, we had actually worked with several times, building different identities for in various businesses they owned. And um, they came to us to work on another one. And um, it was super cool. It sounded super fun. And to be honest, I felt like we kind of hit a home run. And the identity systems that we proposed to them, I was incredibly confident in. Um, The meeting, we walked them through all of it. And uh, they felt good about it. They really liked it. And we were like, oh, cool. We're in good shape. And then – Two days go by, three days go by, a week goes by, two weeks goes by. And you're like, what the, uh, what's going on? You know, and, and just, silence. just nothing, you know? And, uh, we finally like checked back in with them and, um, they, we had a meeting with them and they were like, we don't know how to proceed because we don't think we want to use anything that you're sharing and that was a first that had never happened to us before and we were like okay well let's we very like and so part of our process is we do we put a lot of value and time into brand strategy and so before we ever design am i am i clicking on you man Uh, yeah oh yeah uh a huge part of what we do is brand strategy so That sets such a tone for how we're gonna make marks and tell this company's story is through the strategy we Mm develop and those values that are that that they share with us. So we very much go back and lean on those and say, okay, you said you wanted to feel like this, this, and this, and you wanted the the purpose of this was to achieve X, Y, and Z. What we're sharing is very much doing that. And this is why. Let's talk about why it's not working for you. There's going to be things that you want to pull from it. I mean, is there, my God, is there a color you like? Is there a typeface you like? Is there an icon or a mark that you're responding to? Like, like, let's see, you know, and honestly, they're like, no, I don't think there is, you know? And we're like, what in the world are we going to do, you know? And so with this particular client, we just kind of, right, let's go very basic. And this is not something we ever do, but we said, hey, we're going to, let's just focus on like truly, this is a rebrand is what it was, and it was let's really focus on the mark and let's think about how we can rethink your mark and have a really unique story and something really 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 conceptual attached to it and so we, we did that versus we, we normally pitch full identity systems and we share how it works in space and how it can evolve on the different platforms and all this We really stripped it down and shared a bunch of concepts with them. And there were some that we really loved and we shared a lot more than we ever would only because we are like – they didn't like any of the first Nothing. things Let's – hey, you know what? At this point – let's just start throwing darts. You know, they, they, you know, they don't know what they want. Yeah. So I think we need to show a little bit more. So we threw a bunch of things out there and there was a bunch that we really, really loved and they didn't choose any of the ones we liked. They choose one. They inevitably chose one of the ones that we were all a little lukewarm on. And then, um, we had to build out a full identity system based on this kind of lukewarm, um, concept, you know? And, uh, but at the end of the day, Client was incredibly happy, and they were very excited. It's been fully implemented. It's all over their everything now, and um, you know, it's, it's. I mean, you hear the adage all the time: "Oh, don't show something you wouldn't be with, okay with if they chose." You know what I mean? I get it. We probably that's that's of course something you should. But sometimes when you get back into a corner, you're like, let's just start swinging. You know what I mean? Like, let's just you know. And um, that was one of those ones that just always kind of bummed me out. And then on a, yeah, no, please.
0: So I was going to say, so when you get into that spot where you're like, they liked nothing, we got to just start throwing darts at the wall. Do you think that, do you get excited at that idea? Like, all right, let's, let's throw some darts. Let's see if we can nail it. Or is that discouraging?
1: In retrospect, there's a level of excitement when it's happening I've thrown my computer out the effing window at that point. You know what I (laughs) mean? Um, And it's also because it's like, it's not, I mean, the concepts, I I remember the concepts we shared. I felt very, very good about them. Like, I was like, ooh, I can't, like, I hope they choose that one because I really would be excited to blow that out. You know what I mean? Like, that's the one I want. And then for them to then come back and say, you know, whatever. Uh, uh, and, and not to mention some, you, you know, every once in a while, you have someone that drops weird little comments in there. And I'm like, oh, man, you know, it's like. Start don't you, Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so um, so but when we were working through this like kind of, you know, dark session, if you will, there was some excitement from everyone on the team because it was like, no, you guys, we're going to have basically just like which is definitely something we don't normally do where we just focus on the mark. We, cause normally we're really trying to think about how it'll work on like lots of different, different kind of applications and platforms and experiences and like, okay, it's more than a mark. It is an identity that we really need to think about holistically where on this one, it was like, all right, guys, we're having a logo party this week. It is all about just like cranking and let's talk about what we're thinking and ideas. And like, you know, everybody gets to throw in a, a handful or whatever, you know, and, uh, that was kind of fun. It was different. And, uh, that was exciting. Um, and, uh, it's, yeah, it was hard and, and that's not the only, you know, it's like it, very rarely have we had one where it is like, uh, nothing let's, what do we do now? Um, we, I mean, another story that is similar is we very recently designed a bar for a pretty big brewery mm-hmm. and, um, we, again, we share two full brand identity systems, like complete identity systems. And um, it was a very unique bar. It had a lot of different kind of, kind of different applications that we had to keep in mind that were very different than like a traditional bar. And so it was really exciting. And we went into the meeting with the owner of the, like the president of the brewery and like everybody in the team. And literally as we were walking out, he looked at us and said, you all literally hit a home run with these ideas. He's like, I couldn't be more excited. We're like, damn,
0: (laughs) yeah,
1: yeah, like how cool is that? And literally, a week goes by, we didn't hear anything, and then we have another meeting with them, and they said, the more, and this is the nightmare fuel right here, the more we shared it with other people outside of Uh, the business, and the more we thought about it, got input from other people, we think we need to pivot to a totally different direction, and this is what we want to talk about. And I, I just remember being like, what? Because a we were very we were thrilled with what we were sharing. We wouldn't have shared it. And two to get that comment that it was home run. Um, we we felt so so good about it. To then literally okay, let's let's hit a reset on on how we're approaching this. I just remember it was just such. A bad day, it was just such a the 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 wind just exhaled out of you, and you couldn't breathe you know you're just like you, and it, and it's it's fine. It's, it's not a big it's it's designed it's going to be okay yeah. but like but you're just like, oh man, we just spent so much time and effort on these ideas that we love that now just get to go to the graveyard, you know um and you know here we are,
0: you know that just made me think I wonder if a studio has ever I mean, There's probably legalities on why you can't do this, mm-hmm. but created a book called, literally called The Graveyard. Mm-hmm. All of the brand identities, all of the logos, all of the design stuff that you thought were dynamite that just got absolutely crushed. It's published in a printed I, I, book called The Graveyard.
1: Totally. No, I, 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 we've kicked around an idea of doing a book similar to that idea. And then I know, um, God, is it Arm & Vit and Under Consideration? Don't they? They throw like a mini conference. I think that is yeah, oh brand, new,
0: brand new con.
1: They no, they throw brand new, but then they have like another like another little conference that I thought he had started doing. That was something similar to that. I thought I, I could be making this up, and and you know you should interview Armin if you had in anyway. He's a great dude. Yeah, I've interviewed uh, him twice.
0: Oh, <laughs> what a, I'm such an you'd asshole. know that yeah. if you listen to the show. had. Exactly.
1: click he just hung up on me yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god um no i think that would be incredible but you're right there are some legalities sometimes but some of these clients like i know we have so many for um you know breweries and mom paw clients and stuff like that that um not that it was like they hated or anything they just went in a different direction but there's always a constant that somebody
0: didn't choose you know and uh no you're absolutely right man yeah, that would become kind of just fun. I mean, and then it's out there, and if somebody else wants to, you know, pick it up and wrap it up and just sort of put it into their name, well, yeah, you get okay. a slightly discounted rate, but you can buy this work from. I don't know, right? I'm yeah, just talking no, about it, this. Point. it's kind of like what
1: dribble is. Sometimes I feel like, it's like <laughs> oh, I'm just going to go post a logo that didn't get chosen because I don't know what the hell else to do with it now, you know. Yeah. Uh, but and hey, I'm uh, I'm really sorry I didn't listen to those interviews you did with Armin, man. Um, <laughs> Super. I won't I apologize about that, man. I've listened to all 209 <laughs> other episodes.
0: That's right. You missed one in there. And it was the, I uh, missed it those. It to be stuff. the one that you pulled up. <laughs> yeah. Crap, man. <laughs> I don't know so how cute. I missed those ones. <laughs> um, I'm going to skip the next question because I feel like I already know what your answer is going to be. The next one was, uh, what is something you're struggling with in your design career right now? So if your answer is anything but working from home remotely under quarantine with a seven month old, um, then feel free to answer the question. But if that nails it, then let's just move on.
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it, man. That's it. If anyone on Earth right now has a an answer that is not something reflective of that, I want their life. Like how how is like anything <laughs> other than this? that? Like part yeah. like just like like buried on you right now. You know, yeah. uh, it's well, it's like it's just interesting too because it's it's. This sounds horrible. It's interesting to see how everyone is struggling differently at some point. You know what I yes. mean? Like there's these weird levels. It's like, you know, uh, some I have, you know, we have a lot of friends that are like in their twenties that are single or um or just young married couples and they're like, Oh my God, we're so bored at this point, you know, where yeah. there's like, you know, there's just like you know, whatever or then like my wife and I are, you know, have a young child or probably like you and you and your family, where I'm like, somehow, some way we have less time than we did before you know what i mean <laughs> exactly. like everyone thinks they're like oh there's all this extra if i get one more email from someone that's like in this you know in this in this horrible time and now that we all have extra free time i'm like
0: oh, man fuck, don't don't you send me that email you know extra I mean? free like, it, time what is yeah. that
1: that i've gotten like so many of these like in your free time, would you like to create some artwork to help this thing I'm putting together or whatever? And I'm like, I think that's awesome that you're doing this. I want to pull my hair out right now.
0: Um, yeah. So, so yes, you you nailed that answer, man. Yeah. Perfect. So let me turn this bus um, around then. Um, tell us about a project that you have been a part of that you are the most proud of. One that just makes your heart sing.
1: Oh, good night, my man. Um, it's so hard. It's probably that's like I don't know if other designers. I, 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 Well, I'll have to think back on the 209 episodes I've listened to and how they answered it. Yeah,
0: exactly. Answered a little bit differently. Uh,
1: No, um, I don't know. I feel like that's
0: me saying, oh, you have three kids. What's your favorite child?
1: Yeah, which one's your favorite? And
0: based on an Um, Instagram post that I saw today, the answer is whichever one is not being an asshole today. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i love you know, my kids just... yeah i love my kids but that
0: but, but you know sammy the most but that uh, one yelling we... in the corner that he he can go elsewhere today yeah nope he's out we, we're sending him off
1: um it's so funny it's like it's uh, it's it's like different buckets you know what i mean like mm-hmm. i like this project because of this and this project because of that like uh, one project that we did um like I said, there's always things that stand out. But a particular project that will always hold a lot of weight for me is, um, gosh, I'm trying to think how many years ago—five or six years ago—Boulevard um, Brewing Company, which is a—it's a Kansas City brew um, brewery, but they're—I mean—they're a, I mean, they're a national, international um, brewery. They—they have—you uh, can buy the beer all over the country, um, all over the world, and uh, it's an amazing. Um, really at the forefront of the American craft beer movement like okay. um, before craft beer was opening every other day at, on all over the world you know they started in the, the late 80s and um, <clears throat> they came to us five or six years ago and we're expanding and they had bought a new building next to their brewery and they asked us if we want to help them design um, a museum to help tell the story that is, Boulevard Brewery. So cool. It's it's a dream. It's it's a total dream. And similar to what we were talking earlier, like my wife and I, we had never designed a museum before. We're not museum designers, you know what I mean? But we're creative and we're you know graphic designers, and we thought we could pull it off, and we thought we could do it. And um, so um, that project will hold a lot of weight for me because it was so hard. It was time sensitive. It was entering into an avenue that we hadn't done before. Um, I'm sure a lot of graphic designers listening can relate to when you have to start to think three-dimensional and think about space and how people are going to move around. um, That really brings in a whole new ball of wax and something that's different than what we do every day sometimes. And for us, this also, this museum, quote unquote, we wanted it to be incredibly interactive and engaging. So all the little exhibitions that we designed had a level of interactivity to them, mm-hmm. and we didn't want activity like touch screens. We didn't want it to be high tech. This is a a, a craft brew brewery in the middle of the Midwest that didn't seem on brand to have a bunch of tech screens everywhere and everybody face down on a on a tablet or mm-hmm. touch tablet. So we had to create all these really interesting opportunities through traditional analog means that would engage with people and um it was it was awesome it was so awesome and it was something that was so different than anything we had done and it's this entire space that we designed all these little exhibition pieces and told literally told this huge story um and then it blew out and it you know it's we did a you know we branded a beer hall for them in the same building we helped them with all kinds of different, different other avenues, and and um, and then we just designed another bar for them, a, a shuffleboard bar um, that's now on the on the top floor of that building. So, been multiple bars in the same building, plus this museum, um, and it was amazing. And and it was also my wife and I had just partnered to create our studio of, uh, officially. Um, several months before that. Mm -hmm. So it was a project that I felt like, whoa, my wife and I have been collaborating since the day we met in college. Um, But she went and worked for a great branding studio for years and years. And we always knew we wanted to work together. We just didn't know when it was going to happen. And we, I was getting so busy and she was so tired of working all day at the studio she was at and then coming home at night and working with me and all weekend and everything. And she's like, I think it's time. And then this project came in the door and it, it, it really, uh, it, it let us know that it was time and we felt good, but it was also like the, a pro, the first project that my wife and I were 100% solely on mm-hmm. together every day, all day, all night. Um, at very high pressure, um, that, you know, there's a lot of tears on that project. Um, so yeah, I think, I think that one, that project for Boulevard is one of those ones that's always going to just, just resonate, I think. So
0: that's a big project for a couple of reasons, like just based on the timing of it and how you and your wife came together on it, plus the experiential space and design yeah. that you worked on, like it's it's on multiple fronts. So that's a great one. Great pick. Yeah. Okay, Chad, I'm going to wrap this up here with what I call the ask it forward question. This is where I have a question from my last guest for you, and you get the opportunity to ask a question of my next guest. I'm not going to tell you who they are, but you can ask them anything.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Yeah. So my last guest was Andrew Lennon from St. Lennon out of Lynchburg, Virginia, and he wanted to ask you, with all of your design experience now, what is something that you would tell yourself in year one of graduate, like after graduation?
1: Oh my goodness. Year one after graduation. I would, um, I would tell myself after year one of graduation, most definitely I would tell myself um, to not be in a hurry, to don't not be in a constant hurry um a hurry to um you know get my career going a hurry to look at to what's next a hurry to to think I need to learn everything a hurry to um gosh those first like I said those those first three to five years of your career are so important I feel like Mm -hmm. and I wish I was more patient with myself Mm -hmm. um you know it's like a lot of people talk about I think a challenge for young designers so often too is their taste level is getting better and better very quickly. But sometimes their skill level doesn't catch up with their taste level as fast as they would like it to. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's it's a perfect example of like be patient with yourself you know, please be patient with yourself, especially in those early ages and, and, and absorb, absorb, absorb around people that hopefully have been doing it longer and can teach you something, you know, Mm -hmm. um, that, that, that'll stick with you for a whole career, you know? And I think, um, man, my gosh, if there's anything we need right now, it's patience, you know? Um, I know just, you know, not just year one when I was a designer, but now in the world we live in, you know? Taking a little time and being patient with one another is uh, is certainly certainly something we something we need.
0: Excellent, and I love that answer. And just take your time; don't be in such a hurry. I love that. I'm also going to throw in an extra ask it forward question for you from a couple of episodes ago because the question, you know, really really hit me in the core. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be an excellent question to ask you. I feel like you would have a fairly profound answer um so this question comes from francisco Reyes jr also known as never made of los angeles california um and he his ask it forward question is simply is a hot dog a sandwich oh man that's the that's the old that's the that's a timeless question right
1: i guess you'd have to say uh you'd have to ask yourself what the definition of a sandwich is you know first right yeah and if, if your definition of a sandwich is um, some sort of protein surrounded by some sort of yeast based material, right?
0: That's
1: yep, some uh, sort of carbohydrate. Some sort of carbohydrate, then you'd have to say a hot dog is a sandwich. But to me, hot dog is almost like a, it's a whole new category of thing, you know? Um, there's so many vast. Types of sausages. Yep. My goodness. It's, it's hard to... There's hard to also
0: vast in. amounts of deli meats, which are oh all considered gosh. sandwich you yes. know, ingredients. And here's how the... Sorry, I just got a beard here in my mouth. <laughs> here's, nice. how, here's how the process went for me. Is I went, absolutely not. It's not a sandwich. In a, it's in a category of its own. It's not yeah. between two buns. Or it's not between buns or bread. It's nestled. So it's on its own. And then I thought to myself, well, Subway restaurants, every time I'm there, they make sandwiches. They've never cut my bun clean in half with a top and a bottom. All of my products are always nestled in a sandwich. Very if I'm, they're very hot dog-like. Very hot dog-like. So if I'm defining that as a sandwich...
1: But I tell you this, if you're defining, uh, if, if you're purely thinking of sandwiches, based on the standards that Subway are setting, my friend, you have, you have made a giant mistake.
0: <laughs> it's not. A, that was just my example. If you're oh, looking to Jared and the boys, we got a lot to talk about. The core of this question, Tad, is can a sandwich be, be something that's nestled into carbohydrate or does it need to be sandwiched between carbohydrates? I,
1: when I think of a sandwich, I, I do not think of the nestle. I think of separate 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 bread, sure. right? And then that. So that to me the Nestle, oh gosh, this is I don't think there's an answer to this. This is the Michael versus LeBron debate, right? There's I, not no, there'll never
0: there'll never be an answer, right? No, I I immediately want Subway to change their name to Subway Hot Dogs. <laughs> immediately? <laughs> <laughs> okay okay dad again off topic here i would well, like you- also no i'm not done with this thing <laughs> also what about like the hot dog is
1: bologna is the exact same thing 100%. it's just presented to you differently it's flat it's a flat dog it's a flat dog yeah, versus a hot sliced, dog. right
0: bologna is a giant hot dog that's been sliced yeah. exactly
1: that's exactly right so that's like if you're eating a bologna sandwich is that eating a hot dog
0: I don't. I. Uh, uh. I challenge you to come up with a more profound ask it forward question than that, Ted.
1: Oh my gosh! I don't know. So I now need a question for your you next guest. Need okay. to ask
0: a question of the next guest.
1: Okay. Here's my. Here's my question. What What was the last gift you gave someone? Oh,
0: great question.
1: I don't know if it is. It could be a train wreck, bud. But that's that's the the name of our episode. Trainwreck with Tad Carpenter. Enjoy it.
0: I love it. I'm going to come up with some sort of like cheesy soap opera music right at the beginning. Welcome to Trainwreck with Tad Carpenter. Exactly. So what was the last gift you gave somebody? Yeah. We'll go with that. All right. I love it. Tad, by some bloody miracle, you have made it to the end of the Quickie Podcast. Thank you so much for being my guest today, man, and putting some time and spending some time here.
1: Yeah, thank you. I really appreciate the uh, the invitation. I hope uh, I hope you have a show tomorrow. I hope this didn't end your career in journalism. <laughs> um, I've I've ruined a many interviews, so um, I, I hope you I hope you do well. I hope you and your family are safe and everyone's good. And um, yeah, man. Hopefully, I talk to you again in the future. Definitely, we
0: we will not be strangers. All right. All right. That is the end of today's episode. Thank you so much for listening to the Quickie Podcast here. If you are liking, liking? Yeah, if you're liking, if you dig, if you dig what you're hearing here on the Quickie Podcast, please leave me a rating and a review on iTunes, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you got, wherever you're listening. I'd appreciate it. Thanks, and we'll talk to you Friday.